So, uh, Riley, uh, I paid £3.49 pence to rent this because I was too lazy to torrent it. And when I told Riley I had done that, he was like, just bill us. Bill us the three forty nine. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's change. I'm not going to bill you guys for that money. And 20 minutes into the movie, I texted him like, yeah, I'm, I'll send you the bill. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, this, is, wait, this is my favorite movie. This is my, I love... I love everything about um about this this film Body of Lies that we watched. I love that it's two hours long. The Wolf I, of Baghdad Street. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> oh, I have in the notes. I have so many fun names for the uh the two characters. It's it's um, it's a beautiful piece of art, and I'm so glad that you made me watch it. Yeah, Mac, uh, Russell Crowe as Maximus Spookamus Meridius or uh, American Dad, basically. Yeah, but with a mm. foghorn leghorn ass accent. Uh, we, Leonardo DiCaprio reprising his role uh, as Jack from Titanic, but instead he gets his fingers <laughs> fucked up by like a Bin Laden stand-in. Yeah, it's great. We love it. So, uh, I think um, let's uh, let's 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 introduce ourselves. First bonus episode of Trash Future season two. Season it's two. Riley. It's Riley. It's Nate. Hello, back it's, again. It's Milo. It's me, your boy. I'm chewing, and Riley I hates hate it. it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um. It is whatever's the opposite of ASMR for me. It's like a tactical it's, it's nuclear misophonia. device. On a ch- it's just yeah, misophonia. It's, yeah, it's it's tact it's a tactical nuclear device on a chalkboard. Misophonia uh, just means you hate sounds. No, well, shut up. It's a thing. <laughs> I, just, I I can't listen to chewing. Never. It really does hate sounds if they're not techno. Basically, yes. everything mm. else, everything is noise. Just gonna and make a to make a techno song out of chewing noises that are disguised oh, enough. No. <laughs> no, stop. Okay. No. And Alice. Fucking hell. Okay, so here's the other thing, right? Uh, and, and Alice is, of course, joining us from Glasgow, yes. sunny Glasgow. Um, you, you, you say that every single time, and you know as we progress into the winter, it becomes less true. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it just? So, look, we're, we watched a movie today, uh, today, yesterday. Don't worry about the flow of time. Um, and, you know, we did that because we could just be, like, a little bit triumphalist about the nonsense liberal takes that have emerged about how Boris Johnson's going to be a socially liberal and moderate leader now that he's been freed from the shackles of having to pander to the ERG in Parliament. Uh, 24 hours before, uh, of course, he announced that he's putting his back on course for no-deal Brexit in 2020, and he's doing all the fascist shit that he said he would do. Mm. So, just so you know, yes, we're owned, but you also are owned. Yes, that's yeah. true. That yeah. In some ways, uh, Corbynism has come to pass because everyone is publicly owned. <laughs> so, I am very tired of spending the last six weeks talking about the wretched politics of this stupid country. Just Get, as gets I'm owned once, your politics is <laughs> bullshit. Actually, <laughs> no. honestly, it took no. it took one owning to just maybe fuck it. We decided to take the most lucrative turn and rebrand ourselves as the Rejoiniacs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, we're just constantly making witty retorts. Yeah. All, oh, no, Milo. The Revokiacs. Yeah. The, they're just, they're all yeah. just are like, no, now the, the Lib Dem position in 2024 is going to be the UK has to join the Euro. It's going to mm. be great. Yeah, you love to say I, it. I did make the joke that my prediction is that Britain will leave the European Union, but that by the time that my British passport comes up for renewal in 2025, I will pay the fee to renew it in euros. So I haven't <laughs> been wrong yet. We'll find out. Yeah. So mm. uh, anyway, 
Um, given that we're tired of all of that, um, we've instead watched one of the worst yellow filter for the Middle East, blue filter for America movies ever made in history. Mm. That's right. It's Ridley Scott's 2008 thriller based on a novel, Body of Lies. Please cue in the Black Hawk Down music here. <laughs> it's a so it's it a two-hour long. Bra- it's own brand Syriana. <laughs> I was going to say that mm. it's basically Syriana meets the Hurt Locker. Yeah, uh, but also with some really because the Hurt Locker was nothing if not like a masturbatory exercise in location shooting. And this film is hilarious in the sense that it's Middle East location shooting is quite good, but it's everywhere else location shooting is ridiculous because as we yeah. will learn in this, as this episode goes on, yeah. both Manchester and Amsterdam are actually in Baltimore. Yeah. They make my favorite, no my favorite part of that is something only I would notice. And that in the Amsterdam scene, they literally have just an American fire truck that they've painted the stripes that Dutch fire trucks yeah. have. On. Yo, yo, I grew up in Little Manchester, Baltimore. <laughs> oh, God, it's too many accents. No more. So it's a two hour long divorce fantasy. Oh, based is on it a- ever two fucking hours long? <laughs> Mm. Based on a fiction novel by Natsek Neocon Crypto Spook Crypto Spook quote unquote journalist David Ignatius. So we're just going to review mm. the author a little bit first. Ignatius moved to Wash. By the way, um, can we get a sound effect for when we're certain that this guy's just a member of the CIA? Yeah, Ignatius <laughs> yeah, just, was just a monk like scholar. <laughs> so can Ignatius- we have a, can we have a clip of like Pete Buttigieg saying something? <laughs> mm. Ignatius moved to Washington as a journalist for the Wall Street Journal, where he covered the Justice Department, the CIA in the Senate. He was then sent to the Middle East. It's to David Ignatius. Ignatius. Sorry, yes. I, just, I didn't yes. connect the dots from Ignatius. your pronunciation, because I, I know I the know. name. Yeah, it's David Ignatius. Ignatius. Yeah. So Ignatius moved to Washington um, uh, as a journalist for the Wall... Yeah, he's the guy from Conspiracy of Dunces. Uh, moved mm. to Washington as a journalist for the Wall Street Journal, recovered the Justice Department, CIA, and the Senate. And Ignatius was the journal's Middle East correspondent from 1980 to 1983, during which time he covered the wars in Lebanon and Iraq before ter- returning to Washington in 84, mm. becoming chief diplomatic correspondent. So just to connect the dots here, you professionally cover the CIA in Washington, and then you get sent to the Middle East to hawkishly cover places where America desperately wants to intervene. I'm sure you have never, you know, joined that particular organization. And and Mm. then write a bunch of spy thrillers. Uh, Yeah, no, it's great. So, uh, in fact, uh, why I, I was just reading a little more about him. Uh, most of the coverage of Igna- most of Ignatius's coverage of the CIA has been criticized as being always re- like defensive and positive. <laughs> so um, amazing. Uh, one forty-two-year uh, CIA veteran and Johns Hopkins professor uh, said Ignatius. Uh, as called Ignatius the, quote, mainstream media's apologist for the CIA, citing as examples his criticism of the Obama mm. administration for investigating the CIA's role in the, in the use of torture and his charitable defense of the agency's motivations for outsourcing such activities to private contractors. Awesome. So, Sounds cool. Yeah, I love it when they privatize the CIA. Yeah. Um, do you, think, do mean, you think the torturers were on zero hours contracts? Mm. You, get a, you get a text from your boss saying, yeah, we're going to need you in at one today. Yeah. Waterboarding yeah. brought to you by G4S. Yeah, they're, it's, they're all all getting earned income income tax credits. It's great. Uh, they're they all they all are getting. Uh, what do you know what it is? There's they they have to go and extract confessions from um, someone who went to an underprivileged university and is starting a business in. Uh, <laughs> Wait, they, they get paid by the confession. Yeah. Uh, so here I also have a, I also have a little snippet of one of his articles. Alice and I spent uh, last night looking for some of these. Mm. This is from his article from 2014: How ISIS spread in the Middle East. 
and it's going to really inform, I think, how we watch the film. How we watch the film. Mm. He starts. He starts his his article in a fucking Gladwellian sense. Oh no! It is perfectly true, as the philosophers say, that life must be understood backwards, but they forget the other proposition that it must be lived forwards. This observation was made in 1843 by the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard in a journal entry, but it might have been written about the contemporary Middle East. Shortly yeah. before he said, we must put the Muslims in special camps to teach them how to yeah. Danish. Like, Th- thanks, David. Yeah. yeah. The, the other you. thing I came across reading through his back catalogue, that, well, there were two things. One thing was a week apart, two columns. One, uh, in protecting the Kurds, score one for American democracy. And then a week later, Trump's betrayal of the Kurds is an outrage. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I found is that he calls everything a Sputnik moment. That's his favorite thing. China using AI is a Sputnik moment. China launching a submarine is a Sputnik moment. He, Yeah, mm. it, it's great. Mm. A submarine is like the opposite of a satellite, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, not if... Not if you're a, a, a philosopher, warrior, monk, definitely mm. not CIA agent, David Ignatius. I can't believe we're no. doing Thucydides' trap house. <laughs> <laughs> Thucydides' zoo. He, he goes on. Art of the Peloponnesian I, War. ISIS is mysterious in part because it is so many things at once. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a spoon and a fork. <laughs> the, spor- the spork of terrorists. It, 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 it truly does slice and dice. It mm. combines Islamic piety and reverence for the Prophet and his companions with um. modern social media platforms and encryption schemes. <laughs> it's, is this a new tech startup? <laughs> it's, vi- its videos blend the raw pornographic violence of a snuff film with the pious chanting of religious warriors. The group has the discipline of a prison gang, but also... He's just doing, like, film Twitter shit, but for ISIS beheading videos. <laughs> he, he, he kind of is. He's like fucking, uh, like, movie Bob, but for beheading videos. Okay, I've watched the latest ISIS video, and to be honest, it's going to take me a few hours to take it all in, but can I say, first of all, film of the year. Yeah, release the Snyder Cut of the ISIS video. <laughs> Director's Cut. I, I like Frank script video. better, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also the tactical subtlety and capacity for deception of the most skilled members of Saddam Hussein's intelligence service. <sighs> the story of ISIS teaches wow. the same basic lesson that emerged. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> yeah, why yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, why do you know anything about the fucking the, the, all of the like, these organizations they were talking about? Members especially- of the Iraqi intelligence service, which are just like six identical guys with identical mustaches, and the only things they know how to do is pull fingernails out of curds. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Me- Three of them always tell the truth. Three of them always lie. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. I, for one, am really confused why people with the, this kind of skill set would suddenly be involved in terrorist organizations. Surely it has nothing to do with the fact that, that the United States invaded Iraq with the help from the British and then decided, you know what we should do? Fire everyone in the state security services and the military. Debathification. Amazing. Uh, yeah. and, and now Paul Bremer is um, a mm. ski instructor in Colorado. So yeah. <laughs> why not? Yeah. yeah. The Americans had their own fingernail guys. They didn't need these Iraqi fingernail guys, yeah. you know, coming in and undercutting their American labor. Look, it was a private equity decision. It was McKinsey. <laughs> That's what Mayor Pete was doing. Fuck. That's exactly what Mayor Pete was doing. He was like firing all the people that went and joined I mean, ISIS. The, the, the they were busted the out thing by is, Jimmy Hoffa. Like, they like, had union, union fingernail pulling guys. The, the, this is Michael Moore ass, uh, like, people's history of the United States stuff. But it really must be galling to have been a Bathist guy and have been trained by the CIA, to have been installed by the CIA, to have spent years pulling fingernails out of people for the CIA, and then to get fired by the CIA. 
Like that just sucks. Especially by Pete too. Oh god, they send oh, they no. send, they send this guy from regional, and it's this dickhead <laughs> who like flies in. So yeah, yeah. The story. The so uh, Ignatius goes on. The story of ISIS teaches the same basic lesson that emerged from America's other failures in the Middle East over the last decade. <laughs> Attempts by the United States or Islamist rebels to topple authoritarian regimes in Iraq, Libya, and now Syria create power vacuums. The empty political space will be filled by extremists, which again, that's right. Everything up yes. to there in that paragraph and the thing has been is, right. right. Nobody could have predicted that aside from everyone on the left. Here's the thing. This mm. empty political space will be filled by extremists, right? We could have ended the sentence there and it would have been correct. Yeah. But because this is an article written in the Atlantic by a crypto spook, he doesn't mm. end the article there. Damn. He says, we fill by extremists unless the United States and its allies build strong local forces that can suppress terrorist <sighs> groups and warlords both. You love it. Oh, you know, we're going we're gonna, gonna get into this with the plot of the actual movie. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We just need to build Iraq, Pinochet. Mm, you know, God. just like the guy we removed. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, Milo. If, if we that, release this mongoose to catch the snakes that we released, then we'll be fine. <laughs> and then if the mongoose gets out of hand, we can release these wild dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, until eventually, we just have to release um, you know, a, a foghorn Maximus to go and like yeah. bust mm. some fingers in the area. Eventually, we have to release the uh, 2007 John Travolta film, Wild Hawks. <laughs> so, later on, in this 10,000 word dog turd of an article Jesus. that I had to read for all of you people. He's, he discusses- he's, like, he's like Friedman, but somehow more malicious. Like Friedman is just like, the Arab street, I saw a billboard and I think that's good and it's nice and you can play golf in fucking Tehran now. Whereas this guy is just, it's the same aesthetic, but for, no, we have to have uh, a friendly blood dripping torturer instead. Yeah. It's that well that and also quoting fucking like undergrad level yeah, philosophy yeah, at the yeah. outset. Mm. So he says, because of the disorganization of the opposition and the sectarian character of Syrian society, the civil war got nastier after 2011. <sighs> did... Inevitably, Syrian society war. didn't have a sectarian character until. <sighs> uh, sorry, uh, Ignatius's stupidity is breaking out. L- like, yeah, not not to go full Rania Kalak, right? Like, not everybody was holding hands in a multicultural state before the Arab Spring, right? But a large part of why the then Syrian Democratic Forces and the Free Syrian Army and all of that became a collection of Islamist militias is. The United States and its allies training and funding and equipping a lot of the worst people in the country. Oh, Ignatius has a point about that, Alice. Oh, please. Inevitably, the opposition became more Sunni and proto-jihadist, and in 2012, yeah, it, it, I traveled- in- Inevitably, the passive voice occurred, and there was <laughs> there was an officer involved shooting. <laughs> I traveled- Yeah, there was, there, there was a CIA-involved bombing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I traveled inside the country for two days with the help of the Free Syrian Army and came to the basic conclusion that absence U.S. training and assistance to the moderate opposition, these problems would only get worse. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to understand why Assad allows ISIS to put down roots. He d- needed a threat to show the West why his regime survival mattered. He needed to demonstrate that there was a worse Syrian face than his own, that of al-Baghdadi, ISIS's leader. And if you are a conspiracy theorist, you would also note the strong intelligence connections that develop between the Syrian Muhabarat and al-Qaeda in Iraq during the Zarqawi days. Mm, you don't have to be a conspiracy so, theorist to work here, but it helps. So the, <laughs> the end of his article is 
is what if Assad actually did ISIS and America has to get way more involved? Yeah, what if al-Baghdadi was just um, Bashar al-Assad, but with a fake beard? Like, we yeah. don't know. Uh, oh, it's like the prestige. Yeah, anyway. you, you disguise that neck. You couldn't recognize Assad. Like, it's- I mean, you do realize mm. that, I mean, just as a detail, as a slight, slight detail, yeah. that, you know, Abu Musab al-Zarqawi was from Syria, mm-hmm. and a number of people in his organization were Syrians. An even larger number of those people got put in prison because they got arrested by the Syrian security services during the, you know, the worst part of the Iraq Civil War. Guess what happened when the Syrian Civil War kicked off? What? Yeah. Alex, they- do you know this answer? <laughs> You probably do, right? Yeah, they um uh, Bashar al-Assad released all of them. Yeah. All he was like, "Have fun guys. Get the fuck out of the, you know, army-held areas." And mm. they went back to doing what they were doing in 2006-2007, mm. which is terrorism. Mm. A lot of it. Being the subject like, for excellent films. F- f- funnily enough, he never bothered to release uh, any of his other bet noir, which was like anyone who possibly might have flirted with anything to the left of like democratic socialism. <laughs> Like, yeah. uh, Tadmor prison ha- was like half and half Islamist and suspected communist, and one half got released and the other half did not. Damn. Mm. Well, I mean, Bashar al-Assad, or as I call him, war crimes, Mr. Bean, um, I think <laughs> he could only really have been capable of doing ISIS if the Americans had been helping him. So if that's what the guy's copping to here, I'd be very interested to hear it. <laughs> so that is exactly the kind of insane project that a CIA guy would come up with, like, what if we get Assad to make ISIS, and then we oppose ISIS and, and Assad. it's the same kind of project that he writes into what becomes this fucking movie. Because I gotta mm. be honest with you, people that I know that spend a lot of time in Iraq um, said that if you, people, you know, the, the, the media perception, the cultural perception, is these are two distinct things, but basically, after Zarqawi was killed in 2006, like, the remnants of what his organization was, those people are ISIS. Like, that mentality, that thought process, that the philosophy they approached towards, you know, the way they did business, that's all ISIS. Never really ended. It started mm. with, the Iraq, with the US invasion of Iraq, and it got, it got formulated to the point where they basically wore out their welcome in the Sunni areas of Iraq because they did so much killing and terrorism. But that same organization basically became ISIS. So it's safe to say that when people talk to this thing as though it just like, it, it spawned like fucking Urukai getting dug out of the earth. Uh, they're omitting the fact that so much of this owes to what happened post-invasion and also the fact that, quite frankly, uh, this organization has been is far more contiguous than people want to put it out to be. They want mm. ISIS to be this new, unbelievable thing. But like, if you look at what was happening under uh, Al-Qaeda in Mesopotamia, like, it's no different than ISIS. Well, like, for instance, every Syrian war take that's like, oh, well, ISIS are fighting against Al-Qaeda. And I'm like, well, yes, it's sort of, in that narrow sense, but that doesn't mean that there's not overlap mm. and that people don't move between yeah, those because it, AQI yeah. was never really a formal Al-Qaeda organization mm. and like it's it's way more complicated the Lib Dems come out in support of Al-Qaeda because we have to stand <laughs> against hard ISIS look uh, all, all I'm saying is if we're out of the EU we have to join something and it may as well be Hayat Tahrir al-Sham <laughs> mm. uh, Lib Dems winning in Raqqa mm. um, anyway uh, Ignatius's policy pr- recommendation uh, towards the end of the article is that the US go into Syria with force quote unquote negotiate a political transition with Assad yes. to have a moderate pro-Western uh, government. Mm. Where, yeah, like Milo, you got it right. Syrian Pinochet. I mean, yeah. the, f- the funny thing is that pretty much his exact prescription is what Russia did successfully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Oh, 
Anyway, he's absolutely not a CIA guy. No, sir. No, not a CIA, I, I just not love a CIA the guy idea. in sight. I love the idea that there is a guy in, in Russia just reading the Atlantic and being like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Let's just do that. Yeah. Let's just well, do that one. I feel like Russia, CIA is like the kid with like very conscientious parents who like, you know, won't won't let it do all this really irresponsible stuff as like a child. And then Russia <laughs> is like the kid whose parents are like alcoholics and just let it do whatever. So it seems really cool at the time, but it's just going to grow up to be just like horrendous. I think the C- the, you've almost got it right. I think the CIA kid is the the very prim and proper Harvard educated, like Harvard educated person, but who definitely like still just spends weekends torturing small animals. Mm. Mm. Can, yeah. we, can we talk about this this yes. film? Let's talk about and, and the yeah. film's most incongruous plot point, which is: Do you really think that anybody who works for the CIA would be some like hayseed from North Carolina? Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's introduce the film I and say, introduce I our characters, say, shall I say, we? I, ain't I no do, I do declare, boy, I'm a rooster. <laughs> Colonel <laughs> Sanders of the CIA has I live uh, and breathe. Let's let's talk let's talk movie, Nate. You're right. We've done uh, sort of dithering for too long. I don't want to. It was Sorry, a bad Alice. movie. Sorry, plus, Alice. Plus, cursed as- by a witch. As I'm the only one here, since Hussain isn't here, who, as this movie memorably puts it, touches her head to the floor five times a day, right? Uh, I I feel a little bit of extra pressure here. And it's a bad movie. It's really What's funny is that I remember seeing parts of this film uh, a long time ago, like probably not much longer than, you know, like like not too long after it came out. Mm. And I was just like, well some of the details, you know, they shot it on location. People actually speak Arabic. I was like, for an American movie about the Middle East, this is actually pretty decent. But I realize now watching it, how much of a weird Bush administration time capsule it is and how fucking terrible it is. And you all are, I was an adult at this time. I wasn't, I wasn't in high school. I was, I was done with the university. Yeah. You're, and, you're the podcast dad. We were all 14 year old gamers at this point. And uh, yeah. the extent to which this, this mentality of like, they're all evil and venal and all we can do is use force to, you know, exact our will. That This is such a, like, we won the surge mentality kind of movie. Mm. Uh, and let's just say it's, <laughs> this is the, this is the, the post 2007 Middle East movie in the same way that a lot of our takes were post 2017 election mm. and the 2019 mm. election is ISIS. Yes. So there you go. This, this film talks is very much an encapsulation of, the American mindset mm. towards the Middle East pre-ISIS and pre-Iraq withdrawal turning into, which I'm not defending the idea that the U.S. should have stayed in Iraq, but the Iraq withdrawal, ISIS, you know, government collapse, sectarianism shit that's happened since then, and mm. Arab Spring, obviously, and everything like that. So, let's talk film. <clears throat> Body of Lies opens in uh, the Baltimore neighborhood of Manchester in England. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of like flat-roofed uh, row houses mm, that we have yeah. so many of in Manchester. Just, you, really you, I was just streets. on my way to the Hacienda Club and then I saw it as terrorism. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck accent is that? I mean, I'm telling you, it's so funny. I, I really think they. this is like the last two episodes of Evangelion kind of thing. They spent all their budget on location shots in Jordan. And so they're like, fuck, we have to shoot. We can't do a whole location shoot this- in England and the Netherlands. And so they wound up just using some footage from the wire. Yeah, <laughs> the, this movie these- is such a fucking commercial for Jordan too, which is funny for yeah. its own reasons. I'll get into that later. But they, but yeah. they legitimately, they, they, because they had so many location shots in DC. I literally think they're like, oh fuck it, film it in Baltimore, yeah. whatever. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we open on Manchester, England, and it's the city's historic Baltimore district with its characteristic wide streets and flat roof row houses, mm. um, where uh, there is basically a bunch of guys uh, at the terrorist factory, yeah. uh, basically a bunch of doing- swarthy jihadists style uh militants yeah mm. uh and f- the entire like army 
or of SWAT officers, all of whom are dressed like American SWAT officers, uh, close down several city blocks and then have like a like like a like a milkman drive a Robin Reliant up to their up to their door. So what they, are can, they like, drive in Britain. But yeah, so they can like trick them into opening the door. Where did they anyway. get a milk float in Baltimore? Is what I want to know. That had to be more expensive than filming in England. Mm. I, mean, I, I for one am convinced that. A, there's milk bottle delivery in Manchester in 2008. Uh, I got milk bottle delivery r- as mm. recently as 2011. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Who knows? And yeah, now fancy. some places you can still get it. It just depends. Yeah, it's always area. really good milk too. But <laughs> I guess it's so incongruous because it's so obviously America that I'm like, there's no milk delivery. What the fuck? <laughs> Riley, yeah, what's r- more milks. Give us some more milk critique. I mm. I will not be giving milk critiques. I no longer drink a lot <laughs> of milk. R.I.P. my gapes. Uh, anyway, um, they go to make some arrests, but then uh, the terrorists get terroristically alerted uh, to the tactical mm. presence of the tactical officers and tactically detonate an IED. Um, yeah, famous great. houseborn IED. Yes, <laughs> which is a real an thing. H- but yeah. An HB IED. Yeah. Also, my favorite thing is that one of the uh, presumably extremely sunny jihadists is called Ali. That thing yeah. that so many Sunnis are called. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, they were just. Yeah. It's, they literally were just like, I don't know. Say some. Let's get some. They just asked every Arab-looking yeah, yeah, person my, they knew their name. My, my, that was my, it. my Sunni friends, Ali and uh, Zainab. You know, <laughs> and uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that actually happens at one point. I believe there is. Yeah, uh, because a a Puerto Rican uh, actor, Oscar Isaac, does play an Iraqi <laughs> operative. I don't know if Oscar yeah. Isaac is Puerto Rican, but not. Yeah, but we yeah, definitely they, they a Hispanic want, American guy yeah, plays an Arab guy. They did not yeah. want any Arab actors in this movie if they could help it. I checked, and the Osama bin Laden guy is played by uh, an Israeli actor who kind of makes his living uh, playing, like, you know, sinister-looking Arab terrorists. Yeah, uh, sorry, and, uh, yeah I said Puerto Rican, uh, Guatemalan. Uh, mm. It was a Guatemalan mm. descent. So there's, so, there's, you know. there's, there's Oscar Isaac, there's that Israeli guy who plays uh, Osama bin Laden, and then there's also um, Mark Strong, Doing We'll get yeah. to who Mark Strong is. Okay. Mm. Uh, so then we cut so that that happens, and then we cut to um uh then we cut to uh uh, uh Russell Russell Crow, Foghorn Foghorn Spookhorn. <laughs> yeah. um, the Maximus Maximus CIA MS Meridius um mm. says, if you live like it's the past. You're hard to find. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have email. You pass messages via a network of your friends. Mm. They want a universal You're caliphate. You're shitting in a bucket and throwing it in the street. <laughs> <laughs> they want yeah, uni- thing. The problem with the Arabs, right, is that they're too primitive for yeah. us brain gods <laughs> yeah, to it was fight. Like the, all that shit we did with the NSA, they've outsmarted us by being stupid. The ultimate <laughs> strategy. <Yeah. laughs> they want the universal caliphate across the, fa- the face of the earth, and they want every infidel converted or dead. Mm. What's changed is that our allegedly unsophisticated enemy has cottoned on to the fact that we are an easy target and our world is a lot simpler to put an end to than you may think. Oh, uh, we got too what? many dang genders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too, too many genders to, t- to keep track of all of the, all the ISIS agents <laughs> yeah. who literally want to end the world. If you, if, you, yeah. if you want to take over the West, you have to put, do taquilla and pose as a Westerner mm. so that all the agents became trans. <laughs> oh, they the, say the, that. The, that yeah, comes up. Yeah, yes, but this movie does not know the word taquilla, mm. and so mm. they call it takfiri ideology or methodology. I mean, takfiri is the thing. It is. That was like a big buzzword in the mid-2000s. It's a big buzzword. 
word in Breitbart now. Yeah, the t- idea that 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 Muslim extremists, particularly Sunni extremists, basically reserve the right religiously to declare anybody you know uh, a target if they aren't believers in mm-hmm. the specific ideology they believe in. But that that's that calling them to is one hundred percent a thing that you saw in the news all the time back then. Yeah, it's something like, I do on Twitter to annoy people. Like <laughs> the Muslim equivalent of tradcaths, I will call a takfiri. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cut back to a. So we we we're basically we also have this is the this is the theme this is the this is Russell Crowe Foghorn Spookhorn in the office with a really bad Southern drawl explaining uh-huh. that the Muslim the Muslims are just too damn primitive for us to track with our advanced methods. You you thought this was gonna be an easy ride, but I'm telling y'all this is tech fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. Um, so basically, they say if the NSA racism won't work, we're going to have to back go back to old-fashioned eyeball racial profiling. That's more or less the um, mm. the, the, the theory. Of we the can film. rebuild it. We have the technology. <laughs> <clears throat> and so now we go, we cut to Iraq, yeah. um, where, where we meet uh, our protagonist uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> who is the <laughs> least Arab-looking, the least Iraqi-looking man. He spends every he scene in this like movie dressed like scene. a different podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he either looks like a podcaster, or he looks like all of the different members of the Canadian hip-hop group Len, after they've really <laughs> fallen off the map. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, in the yeah. first Iraq scene, he's wearing a baseball cap that just says Captain on it, and that's kind of, that's absolutely podcaster fashion. <laughs> Yo, that's, that's yeah. fucking cool. Um, so basically, uh, CIA Wolf of Wall Street uh, and his Iraqi fixer, played by Oscar Isaac for some reason, um, mm. go to yeah, pick he's, up he's someone. He's got a family, so you know he's like normal and he's not like too Muslim. Yeah, he's no. not. He's he's not too, too Muslim. He's, too not, he's not too Muslim. He's not too CIA. He's just a guy with a family who's doing a job mm. and uh, definitely wouldn't get repatriated to America after he would be targeted by all the people. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, but he, for but, sure. he do, but he doesn't have beard, so you know yeah. he's not. Yeah, it's mm. fine. I will say, as an aside, I do appreciate as the plot develops here that they don't shy away from the fact that America has zero problems with getting its sources killed. Mm. They just don't give a fuck. Like that's, mm. I mean, the experience of interpreters in Vietnam or Iraq or uh, Afghanistan. It yep. attests to the fact that they literally don't care. I think, but I think yeah. Ig- Ignatius sees that as basically neutral to good. Yeah, and for Ridley Scott, it's uh, his kind of 2008 liberal politics are the. Uh, Southern fried neocons like mm. uh, Russell Crowe, their inhumanity and their lack of connection to the like the Arab street and the boots on the ground is I mean, what's it, stopping us from winning. This is also Ridley Scott who decided to use a shot in Black Hawk Down in which a Somali is perforated by bullets and then the sun, the sunlight artfully shines mm. through the holes in the person who's been blasted with an AK-47. Like, yes. th- wow. Ridley Scott does not particularly make ethical films. No. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he it, thinks he does. Yes. It, yeah. they, well, they correspond to a particular ethic, but yeah. they are what I would describe as like G-Watt realism in the mm. sense, like mm. in the sense that they, they they operate on the idea that everything uh, that there's no purpose in having any kind of morality. All that matters mm. is like uh, what I would describe as force and a willingness to be cruel and unsparing. Yes, although it's not as dark as Zero Dark Thirty. And I think this is the interesting Mm. thing about Body of Lies, is that it comes at a time when Ridley Scott's politics are outclassed by 
the Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, by Catherine Bigelow and by the like transparent like the cruelty gets too much for him. He's used to the sort of mm. Clinton interventionism that you see in Black Hawk Down, right? That's his kind of thing. You can't quite get to the level of brutality that you get in Zero Dark Thirty in this. And so there's this the tension that- there. I just love the idea that 9-11 radicalized so many nominally liberal directors that, yeah. they went, that <laughs> Catherine Bigelow went from making Point Break to fucking to this or to, to, um, to Zero Dark Thirty. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so. The provisional or real scot-free organization. So, um, we cut, but we, so we cut to Iraq where CIA Wolf of Wall Street and Oscar Isaac, for some reason, go to pick up someone who wants to walk over to the CIA from <clears throat> various terrorist organizations. Who delivers a video of the cut price Bin Laden about how you know yeah, Al Salim, Mister Al Salim, Mister Safe, Safe Bruv, who yeah. says we will strike in America and Europe continuously. Uh, this CD, which was confusingly walked across the Iranian border. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> what, dude? Yeah, it was. It was huh? walked across the Iranian border by that guy who writes for Mother Jones. Are you tell are you are you telling me that the Ayatollah and Bin Laden are working together? I mean, that's legitimately what Mike Flynn believes, but also throw yeah. in a little bit of Muslim Brotherhood, uh, mm. Hugo Chavez, yeah. like it's wild shit. The Brotherhood. at the border, yeah. This is like this is like one step less bizarre than Steven Seagal's uh MS13 and the and the Al Qaeda working together. Oh yeah, his his book about the the Native American yeah. badass commando. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what it was yeah. called, but uh, uh, Deep State of the Shadow Wolves. Yeah. That's the, the one. Shadow Wolf. Wolf. I review. We reviewed that book on hell of a way, but like it's just it's been so long. It went out. Yeah. Out so, my brain. Rory Stewart walking this CD across the Iranian <laughs> desert. So basically, uh, <laughs> just filming himself walking it over. Like I- I've come to see the uh, people. I'm are going the- to exchange this for heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Parody. Allegedly. Parody. Uh, the informant wants to come to America, but Master and Drone Commander uh, basically calls um, Fash Romeo <laughs> and says, "Drone Commander," and good. says. No, uh, kill him. Uh, mm. So then, and my favorite part of all of the drone shots, by the way, is that they're talking in tactical gibberish the whole time. Like that, mm. every single drone shot, there's like a shot of a control room, and there's some lines like, "Uh, slewed at the three thirty degrees on the thirteen hundred feet of the altitude of the vicinity of the location of the premises," and it's just like, "What?" Dude? Mm. I also love that the the drone video feed somehow is able to identify sources and friendly friendly actors on the ground. A famous thing that drones are really yeah. good at doing. <laughs> doing that yeah at one point um at one point leonardo dicaprio just looks up and waves at one (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like legitimately if you've ever seen this stuff like when i used to pull drone footage on the secret network when i was in afghanistan you literally just open up a feed like a stream in vlc like it's not (laughs) you don't have this like this like fucking weird napster shit that they're obviously you they just have a, a lot of different on the OSs top for that's this. like uh, converted by a like drone stealer pro trial version. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I actually love is like continually you just see in this film people logging onto computers which have like the CIA proprietary yes, operating that's system. True. When, when, when which he like, hacks they totally the guy's, use Windows XP. Yeah, it, when, like, when, I, when the guy hacks the guy's uh, laptop, he plugs in a USB drive that like opens up a little dialogue that says like hacking passwords, and, and it has the fit, CIA uh, logo in I, the background. I, 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 <laughs> they would do that to I be hate, fair. I hate to be mean about this stuff but also the idea that Russell Crowe's character is uh, is opening this like like 
super compartmentalized secret information, like utterly top secret code word information on his laptop in the cafe. It's like in real life, he'd be behind like 15 interlocking doors and surrounded by people who look like Buster Bluth. Like it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not this sexy like, in the, real the, life. The thing that Republicans like when House Democrats got very upset about the skiff, there is, there is no skiff in this movie. There is Russell Crowe talking into a hands-free the whole time for some it's, reason. It's just yeah. so, it's so weird to me that this has become like a weird kind of conception in terms of national security, like the way that it's portrayed in films you walk and you a, talk mm. it, the, the Russell Crowe it's, it's the handshake meme but it's Russell Crowe and Uber drivers ha- having yeah. been in skiffs and t-skiffs before it's just so bizarre so uh, the source is duly kidnapped by ca- terrorists and killed and so uh, Oscar Isaac and Leonardo DiCaprio go to a safe house which then they see that like some of that information leads them to like a, a dilapidated shack where a bunch of terrorism guys are burning notebooks and discs mm. yeah, uh, so they can't terrorism. get to them yeah. yeah, you know, just inhaling some delicious silicon gel and giving myself lung cancer so I can get Al Salim's collection of old Family Guy DVDs. Yeah, Excellent. and Leonardo DiCaprio keeps shooting people with the Soviet tank operator weapon, the Scorpion. Yes, the VZ-61. Awesome. I also yeah. got to say this, too. The idea of a safe house is that you'd be inconspicuous. Not just so, two guys just squatting so, with AKs so, so, in the middle so of like, nowhere. A mm. big open desert in the middle of nowhere in which it's the only building for miles and anyone can see who's coming and going is not particularly a safe house. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, you know, just yeah. saying. Gulag rules. You know, no, doesn't need any walls. It's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> mm. um, I also think that's the same open desert they filmed uh, it for the weird British private military contractor scene in... Uh, was it the Hurt Locker? So I literally think Jordan just has like it has like Arab War movie fucking <laughs> desert, a reserve, it's a nature park. It's, it's like a big paintball arena. No, it's an Al Spawn's movie ranch. Yeah, in like twenty mm. years, you'll be able to go on a tour that's like the equivalent of spaghetti westerns. We have uh, there's a car chase, a shootout, some pursued by some bizarre non-military helicopters. It's a, it's a falafel western, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> nah. um, and so the American dad tells Jarhead Titanic that he's getting divorced uh, for some reason. The second mention of divorce so far. Mm. Um, oh, no, 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 no. American dad is Russell Crowe. Yeah, no, American dad's Russell. Oh, sorry, Russell, I got it backwards. Ru- yeah, so. Leonardo mm. DiCaprio is yeah. getting divorced. Russell Crowe is like the supremely great DC parent who's yeah. constantly parenting while he's directing yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's he the helps his child take eating. a shit while he's speeds. discussing... Well, Take a, take a piss, rather, yeah. but yes. Yeah, but while he's discussing top secret information on the phone. Yes. So, uh, he's basically, uh, they have some sort of bizarre divorce conversation. I don't get it. I didn't follow this movie very well. Mm. And then they're like, okay, now you have to go to Amman in Jordan to follow up on intel of another safe mm. house he received from a pile of burning DVDs. And, and it's like, mm. the level this is pitched at is Amman in Jordan, the good Muslim country where everything is fine. Yeah. Also, those DVDs they were burning would totally have just been hardcore pornography. Like, there's yes. no... Like, I was say, I mean, or the, Family Guy. We like Family Guy. The stuff mm. that you pull you pull off an objective invariably you'll be like all right we've got the fucking info and it's like 50 old deeds to people's houses and then like (laughs) a thumb drive or or a camera like like a sd card full of just like people doing calisthenics yeah it's it's like a a bootleg Mm. of b movie Mm. with hard-coded uh, indonesian found, subtitles <laughs> we have got an interesting intel lead that uh there are hot milfs in your area looking for <laughs> incidentally no strings attached. i hate it when i burn my hands on dvds they're burning in a fucking fuel pile only to have it just be paul bart mall cop that bart that posts every jpeg image they found in osama bin laden's computer and it's yes. a bunch of weird geocity stuff that obviously he never 
never even knew he had that had just like been saved and accumulated. My favorite was there's literally a picture that was ass.jpg, but it was A S S S S And that's look, that's what they needed to do that daring raid to find. Yeah. So incidentally, they find this like location in Amman. And uh, this is actually what I think is one of the few realistic bits of the film is with the CIA station chief in Amman who gets a, this is my operation now by Jarhead Titanic. Um, he says, look, he's looking. <laughs> you have a different nickname for him every time, don't you? Yes, I, no, I have many different nicknames, but not every time. Uh, looks at this this safe house in Amman where 30 different men from different countries live transient lives. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. That's a normal Jordanian family and dismisses <laughs> the warning that this is a terrorist safe house because they smoke, chase girls and, and drink. And that's not very Muslim and we all know Muslim equals terrorist. Um, That's in Tuck Fairy methodology. Yeah, it's Tuck Fairy methodology, one which of my, is one of my blend best friends, in. One of my best friends mm. spent a ton of time in Jordan and all he did like when he wasn't doing like liaison stuff with the Jordanian military was just like smoke hookah and go to clubs. Like mm. Jordan is not like well, I think they, 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 they cite the 9-11 hijackers as doing like mm. going to strip clubs and stuff as part of their Tuck Fairy methodology as opposed to the idea that the kind of young alienated men who like doing terrorist attacks might also like drinking and going to strip clubs and perhaps mm. maybe just maybe jihadists are slightly hypocritical yeah mm. no no so um that they're never it's never been portrayed as, as that it's the the station chief is like what no they couldn't be jihadists look at all that drinking well, they do well, no, and you, russell crowe is like no muslims can be tricky expert trickiness yes yeah no, Muslims can fool you, says Russell Crowe. Mm. And he's like, damn, I guess this is your operation now. So he needs to head to the, the go meet with the head of Jordanian intelligence, a man named Hani Salam, played by Mark Straw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. after like an hour on a tanning bed with the wig on going full Lawrence of Arabia. There's two kinds of Arabs, right? There's the Lawrence of Arabia gay Arabs, and those are good. Uh, although sinister, and then there's the beardy kind of bad Islamic Arabs. Mm. Well, I think like Mark, Mark Strong in this is has got an incredibly powerful. He looks like a phone jacker character. <laughs> He's so <laughs> loose. He has like a selection yeah. of turtlenecks and uh, double-breasted suits. Man, yeah. <laughs> Um, Could I offer you some tea that I grow on my own farm? Yo, he, so he, keeps basically, he keeps calling uh, Jarhead Titanic my dear for that little frisson of like uh, like cosmopolitanism. Well, you gotta remember, mm. they might be tough as nails, but all Arabs are gay. That's yeah. just the way it works over there. So, Tell me, will you be requiring any pussy? <laughs> so basically, they have, they have Mark Strong um, just speak as, like, they have him speak in this weird, stilted, formal way that they just, I think that, like, oh, he does the writers the of this film must- But the civilized Arab accent. Yeah, but they must just mm. imagine that, like, all Arabs who speak English just obviously are a little bit magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we shall live together in the house of war my dear and it's like <laughs> talk normal it's really amazing yeah. to me too because I mean, my arabic's terrible i took it years ago but i did take it for for three years and like the idea that this this film has such authenticity when literally he's just doing like the most basic anodyne yeah. Facebook Arabic this movie the speaks time. arabic like pete Buttigieg speaks arabic <laughs> there's, there's, there's a bit where he like dresses and show alchemies and he like goes before he shoots everybody with the scorpion submachine gun where he just like stumbles up to them trying to look as ethnic as possible and he speaks arabic like the fucking bitten and glorious bastards where they're speaking italian basically uh hani hani pasha as he's referred to and uh and jarad titanic get together 
uh, to go like surveil this uh, other safe. There's so many fucking safe houses mm. in this movie. They're, they could have removed mm. three of them. I feel and it like would that's at least probably, makes sense. I feel like that's probably accurate. I feel like most of what the war on terror is is being bored in a safe house. <laughs> yeah. Well, the weirdest part for me was that all the Al Qaeda guys were living in this uh, perfect, perfect replica of a Baltimore row house out <laughs> in the Jordanian desert. So uh, he's like it's the Jordan the- district of Baltimore. So basically, yeah. uh, American Dad just fucks up and sends a U.S. asset in and blows the uh, joint Wolf of Haidt Shari and Enchanted Mark Strong operation and fucks it up, <laughs> uh, leading him to get uh, bitten by a dog for some reason. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like this, this movie is just very stupid. It just forgets a lot of what yeah, happens it, it, in it. He has a foot chase with a like, swarthy Arab guy, and then the Arab guy pulls a knife on him, which is like the most 1930s like racial hierarchy of violence thing. <laughs> It's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, literally. Yeah, yeah. but he yeah, but it's whole this whole thing where it's like, yeah, oh shit, I I was I, like my boss fucked up my surveillance for no reason. I got I ran away. I got chased by a dog. Uh, mm. I got bit by it, but then I got away from that. But I got rabies, mm. so now I have to get dropped off by my New Jersey accented assistant at a clinic where he's mm. basically helped by just like a ten out of ten smoke show nurse like, to give yeah, him multiple she, she rabies is injections. Hot, please. Please, my this this Arab attacks me with a snake in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> and like the the actress who um who played this character, by the way, is Iranian, and uh, she is blacklisted in Iran in part for this movie. Uh, and ah. y- yeah, and, and like when I read that, I was like, yes, on the one hand, freedom of speech, like very very important. You know, this is unconscionable. On the other hand, I watched this, and I can kind of see where they're coming from. <laughs> Yeah, she's blacklisted purely for creative reasons, like, like nothing to do with yeah, the content. She's like, she's uh, all- uh, the, 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 um, yes, the, the Islamic she's Republic a- finds that your movie, while not haram, is dog shit. <laughs> she's on the same, she's on the same blacklist as Polly Shore. Madki Karmodi of Press TV rated it, like, four, Mark, four Mark, out of ten. Mark Karmodi wearing the, the fucking black top. <laughs> <laughs> giving a movie Ali, review Ali with Ruhani the one finger up. Like, <laughs> I, lo- I love this idea. Ali Ruhani is why she's like I thought Showgirls was a low point in cinema but this this is garbage uh, Simon Mayonnaise his co-host <laughs> so basically um, so he's He's now got this like love story that totally feels just not completely shoehorned in to mm. this movie that's supposed to be a taut spy thriller. Yeah, but this it's, is why it's, it's two it's, hours it's, long. It's also in there as a but see, not all Arabs are bad. Uh, some of them are Iranian. <laughs> yeah, so some of them are Iranian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a weirdly pro Ayatollah film. <laughs> um, and so basically, let's cut back to another poor Muslim area of a European city. And this time, it's the historic Baltimore district of Amsterdam. <laughs> mm. Little Baltimore. Yeah, little Amsterdam. Um, so it's, it, there's- it, fuck, it's Amsterdam. Yes, it's Amsterdam. That's what yeah. we're going to call it from now on. It's Amsterdam. So there's another terrorist attack in Amsterdam. Yeah, they, um, they blow up some yeah. uh, people taking a uh, selfie. Yeah. It's, it's mm. very bad. Uh, yes, they blow up people who are creating images. Um and mm. then they 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 do that and then we immediately cut back to Jordan. We're never gonna see Hamsterdam again. No. Uh, good thing they cut to it. Oh, Why my did, my, my favorite part of that is uh as they're cutting away from the TV footage, they're like, we go now live to Amsterdam's chief of police, and then some f- poor fucking extra has to do a Dutch accent, and he's like, uh, well, we think that the the, the attacks are inevitable, about uh, and it's just like, <laughs> it's Slavojizek. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the ideology on Sean is <laughs> 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 inconsistent. So we're 
basically we go we go back to Jordan where finger pull pussy posse and Hanny <laughs> are, are and every one of these is gonna fuck me up <laughs> and Hani Pasha mm. are about to just do some again strange backwards nonsense where they kidnap some kid take him out to the desert drift a bunch of Mercedes around him and then mm. say don't worry we bought your mother a house and then we told we told her that yeah. you bought it for her but then they just send him back to the city on a bike to just live mm. a terrorist lifestyle for like you know intelligence reasons yeah. and I'm yeah. like no, this this is a first draft. This film was a first draft. You and let then, him yeah. write this, and, and, and you forgot to not guys, shoot it. The guys drive really fast in the cars, and they drive the cars around, and then, then they throw up all the dust and the smoke and everything. And then yeah. oh, the guy gets out of the car, and he's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, this is the thing. Just there's people just driving up to things way too fast in this film for like yes. just normal meetings, like where they're not being shot at. They're just like drifting to a stop in there's, front of the person a, they're supposed to meet. There's a perfectly inconsequential shot where Russell Crowe arrives to some meeting in an SUV that like goes over a speed bump and stops outside the embassy at sixty miles an hour. And the only thing mm. I could think was, Jesus, dude, you're gonna hit the fucking airbag. Like, like- <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, actually, I found this part of the movie so incredibly confusing that I'm actually just going to mm. say what the um what the what the summary is of okay. this part that <laughs> okay. I, I pulled from another place, and it's I, I don't even recognize it from the same film. Having recognized one of the men living in the safe house, his former small-time criminal Mustafa Karami, Salam yeah, that, takes that, that was the dude in the desert who yeah. gets Salam sent up on his bicycle. Karami into the desert and coerces him into working for Jordanian intelligence, threatening to set him up as a collaborator if he doesn't cooperate. Hoffman, which is uh, Foghorn, Foghorn Fashorn, mm. asks Salam to use Karami, but he refuses, believing greater return will come later. Unbeknownst to Jarhead Titanic and Salam, uh, Foghorn Leghorn tells Italian, Italian-American uh, assistant to follow Karami and kidnap him. Karami escapes and notifies the terrorists in the safe house that is being watched, and they abandon it. Um, mm, Skip the, is caught the by fucking some- neoconservatives yeah. tried to act too rashly instead of like getting inside the Arab street and were punished for it. Oh yeah, because this is this is the bit where um where our our, our boy uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is on a date at a Palestinian refugee camp yeah. for some reason. Yes. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It's so strange. And but then no. all the Jordanian bouncers come and take him up and just drop him outside a house that's on fire. And then Leonardo DiCaprio is like, no, they've never shown you this house before. Like, you have no idea what house it is. If this, this would make sense if it were in a movie directed by like David Lynch or something. But I know yeah. that like Ridley Scott's trying to be coherent yeah. and Mark, not dreamlike. Mark Scott with the like breathing mask from Blue Velvet. <laughs> mm. um, so basically... Uh, uh, Hani then turns to basically uh, Hani was like, "Yo, you you lied to me. Yeah, uh, I don't fuck with liars. You're a betrayed kind of sinister gay man." And he says, "You Americans are incapable of secrecy because you are a democracy. Oh, you should be. It's like, you should become a managed Hashemite kingdom." Yeah, and it's mm. like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's like a, it's the the, the just the ro- well blue tinted, I guess, glasses through which this film sees America is hilarious. I just mm. I I want to know what Jordan did. For- Ridley Scott or David <laughs> Ignatius that they were like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, the problem you, you, with the Americans is the libs. <laughs> so, your, your, your secret service, it, it occasionally tortures people and it's gay. Those are the only problems in your society. Mm, exactly. 
ours also tortures people and it's not gay. So it's really yeah. impossible to tell which of our societies just like is better. Hammy, Hammy Salami making them give him a uh, give him a manicure, the guys who pull the fingernails. <laughs> so uh, na- basically, uh, the Natsec Revenant goes back to the same clinic with mm. that 10 out of 10 single and ready to mingle smoke show nurse for some totally more not shoehorned in love subplot. Mm. And as you say, Milo, asks her out to a classic like played out Tinder date spot, which is a Palestinian refugee camp. Like She's not going there to like do some medication. <laughs> like, they're like... Try eating the same long strand of UN uh, food supply. <laughs> like they're not, they're not mm. like, it's not like she's going there to like do her volunteer job and he's going to like pitch in and like help some kid get a shot. Like, no, they're just going there to hang out. Yeah. There's also um, a weird bit where just like some Palestinian women look at the other guy and go, get a load of this fucking Jew. And then that just, <laughs> and then like, it just moves on. It's like on. a town. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Like what, an, what on earth? But do, it's because, yeah, it's because he was dressed. It's, is very much a <laughs> no, it's, it's because he was dressed like a podcaster is why. And yeah. he it, he, so, lit- he literally is. There is a scene in the beginning of this movie where he like scrambles ungainly across some rocks wearing shiny tracksuit pants that are like an XXXL. And mm. I felt that. I Jeremy yeah. Corbyn? <laughs> yes. So, um, anyway, so as you mentioned earlier, Milo, yes, um, uh, moderate rebel gangs of New York is uh, dragged back to the to work mm. um, because the Al Salim safe house is now apparently on fire uh, because uh, yeah, Jersey guy fucked around and tried to take that Karami guy. Um, so this is where the film now switches gears and becomes the producers, but for terrorist groups. <laughs> oh hell yes! <laughs> um, this was my favorite turn in the film. So mm. he uh, he is sent to. A British guy's house who's been never introduced before and not yeah. talked about again. So here is the archetype we get here in every American spy film of the slightly effeminate British agent. Well, I'll help you, Yank, but I've never been quite the same since it all came off a bit skew whiff in Singapore. Uh, so what I'm going to do is help you out, <laughs> but in a way that implies that I might shag you. You never really know. Constantly <laughs> offering him fruit. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you like a strawberry? I remember as we were in this guy's house, I'm like, this guy's totally going to own like a quirky pet, like a fucking parrot or something. Camera pals, he's got a fucking parrot. <laughs> it's a yeah. fucking parrot. Yeah, we, we still have the lathe of heaven. We're just trying to yeah. use it. In Trash Future Season 2, we're using the lathe of heaven for good stuff or neutral stuff. Mm. So basically, yeah, he goes to this British guy's house and he's like, here's what we're going to do. Al Salim's sin is his pride. And his Whoa. signature is that he's he's always dangerous not or whatever. Not all the murder, but the <laughs> pride. Yeah, and the worst part was, that's not his signature. His signature is that he doesn't claim responsibility. He's yeah, like damn. he's supposed to have this prideful anonymity, which yeah, seems then- like a contradiction in terms to me. Until you think of it from a CIA perspective, where like every time you stub your toe, you want to be able to connect. Oh, that's, no, that's the true. Terror, if, there's terrorist signature. Did, did you even did you even do a covert operation if you didn't have everyone involved write a book called like Courage: The Honor of Glory? So he goes to the British guy's house And the idea is They're going to get a list of low-level names Of like low-level Al-Qaeda operatives That he's going to use as fake terrorists And set Mm. up some random dude Called Omar Sadiqi Who's an architect Who's like, yes, he's very religious He travels around all the Middle East Like, you know, designing mosques or whatever Uh, Mm. They actually say designing mosques and shopping centers Um, Yeah, the two genders And shopping mosques (laughs) To be be this fake terrorist cell's leader and the idea is they're going to set something up, stage a big false flag attack, and that's going to make um, Al Salim mm. like just tell America. I don't understand. Yeah, he's going to be- become was. jealous, and then he's going to try and like call him. 
Yeah, um, mm. because that's a that's a thing that terrorist leaders do all the time. Is yeah, be like, dude, a, you're on my turf here. They have you're a WhatsApp group. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you just you just in the group DM like, bro. So they so they basically detonate a bomb at Injurlik Air Base in Turkey, but they pretend basically it's fake. Well, the whole thing is a scheme. You know, so what what happens is um that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio dyes his hair to make a phone call as a guy called <laughs> Brad Scanlon, who's oh, basically yeah. the CDO salesman from the big short. Yeah, he, he, do, he does simp voice. It's amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's Him his doing disguise. his hair to make yeah. a phone call is my favorite part. Yeah. Like, and and got to believe you're the character. And then like tricks uh, Siddiqui into shaking hands with an Al-Qaeda connected lawyer. And then they basically find out that he's a member. They break into his house, put the CIA hacking thumb drive onto his computer yeah. and find out that He's a member of a Quran study group called yeah, the, the Brothers of Awareness. Quran <laughs> Isan, I believe. And yeah. it's like, yeah, okay. The, the sure. Brothers are of Awareness, the woke Muslim brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, damn, we're so aware. And, and so then CIA operating system sort of steals all the files. And then they basically fake that they're making a terrorist group set up by setting up, like sending, transferring a bunch of money through Siddiqui's mm-hmm. account to a bunch of fake jihadis. And what strikes me about this is the enormous amount of effort the CIA goes to frame just a normal normal Quran study group is a terrorist organization where what mm. the FBI does is they just throw a dart yeah. and that's it. Just just find the mm. nearest like slightly disabled man and be like, hey, you want to buy a missile? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I got to say this. I Googled or I Wikipedia searched Body of Lies and they absolutely did film the Manchester scenes in Baltimore. We <laughs> were like, oh, amazing. Amazing. Owned. Yes. Mm. That's that's uh-huh. it. Spirit of 2017 is back, yeah. baby. We were right. I'm also now just thinking that Brothers of Awareness sounds like a sort of like a uh, m- Muslim biker gang led by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Brothers of Awareness. So you you draw on the profit there, brother. So basically, <laughs> if you think about it, this is just a movie about a bunch of natsec guys that read Neil Strauss's The Game and are trying <laughs> to nag a terrorist leader That's into true. just revealing Fuck, himself. They are. They're trying to <laughs> nag yeah. uh, Mr. Safe. Al Salim. Nice, <laughs> nice 9-11 for a fat chick, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, your thing was cool too, but I just did kind of yeah, blow whatever. up an airbase. Yeah, and then mm. um, they... So then, like, Leonardo goes back to Amman because, like, Hani misses him. He gets invited to lunch with Smoke Show Nurse's family. Yeah, where her, her, children- her hijab gets progressively more <laughs> theoretical as the movie it's goes more on. like a hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, that, 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 is, that is the most accurate part of the movie because she is Iranian. So just, like, wearing, like, a tiny fit sliver of fabric at the very back of your hair yeah. is mm. entire. That's, that's a documentary. Yeah. But yeah. so, and her, where her like niece and nephew are, wa- her two nephews are watching mm. the Celtic Rangers game because I guess they uh, love yeah. the, because there's bloody gooners in it. <laughs> yeah, the real, the, the real fucking violence in Amman is between the Celtic and Rangers <laughs> yeah. firms. Yeah. Um. And then this is like, I don't know, there's some dumbass like Natsec movie moral compass thing that goes on. Yeah, because where- the, because her sister tries to talk politics to him. Uh, and it, she's she's like a triggered lib, but in Arabic. Yeah. Uh, mm. So he says something about the situation in Iraq, and she says, oh, you mean all of the like invasion and the murders and the bombings? And he's like, yes, I do mean the murders and the bombings and so on. Uh, he's very grave about it, and this seems to yeah. satisfy her. 
It's very yeah, strange. It's, it's it's Ridley Scott being like the why don't we why can't we admit that the Iraq War was bad? Yeah, why can't it's like, we, why can't we just ooh. come to these people's houses and sit down with them and eat their disgusting food? The food is explicitly disgusting. Yeah, it's it's uh, said to be gross. Uh, and and just sort of politely condescend to them about yes, in fact, the things that we are responsible for are very bad. And then yeah. and then they'll let us fuck their hot sister. You know, you know what this is? This is basically the Natsec version of the. Obama Cornell West cop yes. beer summit. Fuck, you know what it is though, right? Like, if the Quiet American, uh, Pete Buttigieg's favorite book, because he doesn't understand it. Uh, if if the woman in the Quiet American is Vietnam, who is losing out on her like sclerotic uh, old British and French colonial masters in favor of this new sexy American, right? Then the Middle East is the smoke show Iranian nurse who we are gonna, we America are gonna get to bang if we can just kind of make nice with her family for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, we're coming to the end of the, well, at least the end of the notes I took for this film because it's yeah. fucking dog shit. Wow. One of my favorite notes here is that then shortly after this, they actually do the terrorist attack at the military base yeah. in in Turkey, and then what happens is the BBC. Hey, what was it called? In Sherlock. In, in, in Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which then the means BBC orchard. We learn. Yeah. We do learn uh, later, and then the uh, basically, yeah, the BBC reports on it, and the guy, and now, and now, Obama's Obama standing, Osama bin Laden standing, is watching it, and the BBC are going like, "Ah, oh, th- this set to been conducted by a terrorist group, better funded and more organized <laughs> than Al Qaeda. They are so much better than Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda fucking suck. I like these new guys. <laughs> how, how didn't? How did this not work? This plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also said that they weren't. They wouldn't like release any of the details of who was killed uh yeah. because maybe it was secret yeah and then you see like primitive uh primitive muslim bin laden uh mm. he decides to break his one rule and finally make a phone call to you know congratulate the terrorists and he's just like pulls out like a fully like babe station level nokia <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so but also i know that uh, omar Siddiqui, the architect who they're framing as the leader of the brothers of awareness then gets his me- laptop inundated with messages from people with usernames like literal jihad boy 2 yeah, yeah. That, that one's me <laughs> <laughs> what a good terrorism he did. Mm. Anyway, like they're um, all sending him individual emails, but with like pictures of a single jihadist wearing a like a mm. scarf, uh, and it's like well done on the operation against the Crusaders, brother. Assigned Omar jihadist. And it's <laughs> so, like, so Brad Scanlon is is back to try and bring Omar Sadiqi in from the cold. Uh, and then yeah, uh, which Jersey is, Shore his guy. boss tells him not to, right? His yeah. his his the dang bureaucrats, the neocons are mm. like, nah, just let him die. But because our guy cares, he's like, no, I'm gonna bring him in. Yeah, uh, and he, he he does not bring him in because they capture him, uh, mm. and he he shoots him because he has this like. Throughout, there is this weird internalization of what used to be an Israeli um like uh sort of uh. I guess, symptom of thinking that to be captured by the Muslims is worse than death. So you have to kill yourself before they can like fucking cut your head off and put it on the internet. Uh, mm. And th- that keeps making appearances too. It's like it's like fucking Starship Troopers or whatever. No, if the if the bug gets me, you have to put me out of my misery first. It's like, yeah. what? Mm. I mean, it, it basically is quite a bit like Starship Troopers. Yeah. But uh, Omar Siddiqui is, of course, captured by the terrorist before Brad Scanlon can get to him mm. and dropped on the <laughs> many. Are you going to say Brad Scanlon in the same voice every yes. time? Yo, Finance I'm, I'm, guy, I'm, Brad Scanlon. I'm not going to say it anymore, though, because uh, we, we, we have to bid farewell to our favorite of the uh, characters play within a play, Brad Scanlon. Yeah, our favorite um, simp. 
Yeah, our favorite. <laughs> it's our favorite simp. He has our hearts. Um, so yeah, he's captured, killed, uh, and he's captured, interrogated by Al Salim, and then he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They basically kill him and drop him on one of the dozens and dozens of gigantic piles of garbage where this film takes place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anywhere that anywhere that's like a rural shot in the Middle East, there's always a huge mountain of trash somewhere nearby yes, for there's, realism. There's, there's two kinds of Middle East that they have in Jordan: fancy hotel where you have to wear a turtleneck to get in, or mm. burning heap of garbage. Yeah. Nothing um, in between. And then also, when when they do fucking murder the guy, then uh, uh, Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio is quite quite upset about this, and he speaks to Foghorn Leghorn, and uh, <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn is like, uh, "Oh, there ain't there ain't nobody innocent in this game." And it's like, "Well, there is the <laughs> guy you just framed. <laughs> the guy wasn't in this game who you just framed." <laughs> so what happens is um, after all of this. Uh, somehow um, Smoke Show is captured and then um, Simp departed then has to go and find her somehow oh, and is like, oh, mm. my life for hers. I'll spend $500 a day on her on little shoes if she gets up at, at 8 in the morning every morning. Why don't we take a little day trip to Hawaii? Um, mm. And they always say that and it never lasts once they realize that you've got to wake them both up at 4 a.m. for Faj. Um, mm. So he arranges to have himself sent in her place, where he then drives through the desert for an interminable amount of time. More like car swirling, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. we can't follow. We can't. We can." They're low tech the, 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 cars. The sophisticated t- fucking like NSA surveillance mm. thing does not have a thermal camera, yeah. so they can't yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. see yeah. in the so smoke. It's a metaphor. Yeah, their dust technology has been... <laughs> yeah, they literally did the, like, throw smoke bomb and disappears. Yeah. Like, you'll never take me alive, uh, copper. So he's interrogated by Al... So he's basically brought to Al-Salim and then uh, interrogated by him for a while. But then he lectures yeah, Al-Salim he's, he's about the Quran. Uh, Al-Salim is also wearing, uh, like, the Ayatollah outfit. Yeah. He's dressed Why? like a Shia imam. Why? It's Why? just It's just a very strange sort of thing. Oh, and they do make the one oblique reference to Osama bin Laden at this point, because he says... They say something about the sheikh, and the guy says, "No, the sheikh's still the sheikh. I'm just the servant." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." But the, I'm, the, I'm the vac. Y- yeah, yeah. Um, my, but, my yeah. boss is much more powerful than me, and he definitely isn't sitting in Pakistani West Point jerking off right mm. now. <laughs> <laughs> one of my um, uh, one of my notes, which I just realized I missed, was when when they interrogate uh, Siddiqui, the uh, the the Muslim architect guy. Um, he says that like as what this guy he just approached me he wanted to build a bank he wanted me to make it look Islamic. <laughs> well, I mean, they did <laughs> literally like, do that to the World Trade Center, yeah. like a like. Wells Fargo with a huge minaret. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, he basically that's, what, that's Leonardo- what every boomer thinks is happening in the Midwest mm. is creeping Le- Sharia. Yeah, so mm. Le- Leonardo Leonardo then is just like you've misunderstood the Quran, Al Salim. It prohibits violence. It's a relig- peaceful religion. Like mm. every single like movie has to do. So it's like no, it's not Islamophobic. Mm. Yeah. We just like the good kind. It yeah. prohibits the mixing of milk from the north with milk from the <laughs> south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is no, against his law. It's, it's just chic gapes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just have a, a minor minor point? Mm. It did make me laugh that Leonardo DiCaprio, who supposedly is a fluent Arabic speaker keeps saying the sheik, even though the character, the Israeli guy playing the Arab mastermind terrorist, yeah. is continually pronouncing it correctly. The sheikh, at some point, yeah. someone can be like, "It's sheikh." Like, can you say it correctly? But <laughs> nope. So, um, basically, no. I mean, he's very chic, as in well dressed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm just gonna have to go back to make sure that I pronounced it correctly, so I'm not. <laughs> 
So uh, basically, here's where we are now, where um, uh, Vicious Counter-Revolutionary Road is sitting uh, attached to this table. Yeah, he's, and- he's got the ISIS flag behind him. Only, Well, it's yeah. not ISIS mm-hmm. yet. He has the Al-Qaeda flag behind him with a yeah. mysterious like hole where the Prophet's seal should be. So there's just like a big white dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and mm. so then the movie sort of, the movie then sort of the, the denouement occurs when... Mm. Uh, when he's like, oh, yeah, well, Karami's in here and he's working for Jordanian intelligence, which means that Jordani- you're working for Jordanian intelligence when Jordanian intelligence works for us, which means you work for me. So he basically calls the manager on Al Salim, um, <laughs> claims <laughs> the manager like, himself. flips over into that swoop. <laughs> which, to be fair, mm. is the one accurate part of the movie where, yeah, the U.S. is just funding and promoting all of it. Mm. Just- A huge flat cap replaces the turban. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, I'm not working for you. I'm working for Paul Embry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Hani Pasha himself, Mark Strong, bursts into the room, still wearing a suit and a turtleneck with a bunch of mm. tactical Jordanian guys yeah. who shoot all of the terrorists. It's extremely SEAL Team 6. Like, they know they're on a Husky message mission, but nevertheless, they just spray bullets mm. all around the room. Well, like, this is my yeah. favorite part with Mark Strong, right? Is he has the most loose fashions on a character I've seen since last. Lando Calrissian, right? Like, you get mm. the sense that this is a guy who has a series of evening capes that go in, like, ascending formality. It's oh, hell wild yeah. stuff. But also, yeah, how he just strolls into the room with a SWAT team who are still firing automatic weapons, just in a pinstripe suit, basically twirling an umbrella. Yeah, uh, and, like, five yeah. minutes afterwards, everyone can hear perfectly, and they're not, yeah. like, going, like, what? <laughs> so, uh, essentially, then... Uh, every everything is better, and then um, then American Dad is like, "Yo, do you want to come work down the hall from me?" And then um, yes, Leonardo this is, this DiCaprio, is a big political moment. Is they yeah. meet in a cafe in Amman because our boy, our special boy, uh, like uh, Jughead Departed, wants to go <laughs> native and wants to like live with his smoke show girlfriend in Jordan, the good yeah. Arab country. And uh, George Bush neocon is like, you can't turn your back on America. And he gets this like killer West Wing own that's like, you want to be careful about conflating yourself with America. And then like Obama is there and all the fireworks go off. And yeah, Yeah. no. Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing stuff. And then Obama's elected. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All of the problems are solved because we do the like on the ground human intelligence where we understand the Mm. good hour brain pan. And we, we respect them as gay equals. Um. Yeah. Well, and then also the whole thing is like uh, no you don't understand me at all I'm staying in Jordan to get pussy <laughs> but my, 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 my favourite thing my favourite thing about this and I've been waiting to talk about this for the whole episode was that this movie in which the Jordanian intelligence service the GID is right about everything pulls the Americans bacon out of the fryer um, it, it, this was this came out in 2008 in 2009, an agent within Al-Qaeda who had been recruited and vouched for by the Jordanian Intelligence Directorate... Oh my god, was, I know you're... Yeah. Yeah, was allowed to come to a camp in Afghanistan and meet with senior CIA officers, whereupon he went, surprise, turns out I was actually a double agent and 
hits a suicide vest, kills Camp seven Chapman. of them. Yeah, Camp he, Chapman. He, yep. he blew the himself year up and killed a bunch of after, people. The year after this movie came out, the premise of it was fundamentally destroyed. <laughs> and that's the best metaphor I can think of for David mm. Ignatius and Ridley Scott's understanding of the Middle East. But at yeah. least he was kind of a gay Arab that did yeah, that. Yeah, so that's he true. Up and he was like, I'm terribly sorry about this, my friend. This is weird for me, too, because I realized that timeline that I saw this movie in Afghanistan because one of my soldiers was watching it, and I was there when the Camp Chapman thing happened too. <laughs> right. I wasn't on the scene. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but it was it was in the same province as me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so not good stuff. So, wow. uh, but at anyway. least we got zero dark thirty out of it. We did, uh, w- yeah. which which it featured that in another scene. So you know, it it all comes back to movies. Everything's going to be a movie now, and it's going to be terrible, and we're all condemned mm. to watch them forever. What was the thing? There was a tweet I remember. The guy said that I I told my grandfather that Zero Dark Thirty is a movie about burglars who are really rude, and yeah. he got so they, mad they he broke just broke into a guy's outside. house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he went, and he got so mad he had to stand outside for an hour in the yard. Oh uh, well, uh, after seeing this movie, I had to go stand outside for a while because like oh, it. Made Made me feel so bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it honestly, it, it ruined my dinner. Um, the, the, the shit that you could get away with saying in 2008, like, they want everybody dead or converted. It's yeah. just like, uh, and the they're, thing doing, is, they're doing their damn taquilla again. Uh-huh. They're still, but they're not, still... not even learning the word taquilla. They're doing the, t- the takfiri methodology. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The thing is, they, they don't, don't get me wrong. This movie is still being made. It's just being made with like comic book characters that shoot laser beams out of their eyes now. Yes. Like, Bobby, I told you, <laughs> I told you to convert the apostates. I'll make, I'll make jihad and jihad accessories. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, Lawrence of, it's Lawrence of Arlen. I will say that I think that Syriana is a better movie just Much, because in, yeah. fic- in, in fictionalizing these things, even when it, it plays on the incredibly Orientalist tropes, it just it winds up not having to be so cut and dry. Well, and, and just also, like- my favorite part about Syriana is that Mark Wahlberg plays Pete Buttigieg in that movie. Yeah. He, he doesn't know it yet. My favorite part about Syriana is that George Clooney was so committed to the bit that he actually had them beat him up in the chair and it caused severe brain injury. Owned. Wow. When they knock him down in the chair when they're torturing him, that happened in real life, and he like still hasn't recovered from it. Mm. He was that committed to the bit, which I mean is fucked up. But I mean, I guess like yeah. if you're mm. like if, uh, that's that's a that's a far mm. cry from fucking Christopher Hitchens giving up on getting waterboarded. No. After, like, I mean, two it's, it kind of yeah. sucks to like mm. get that happening to you for a, a decent movie that most people didn't see. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I think that's about that's about all we have time for today. Um, I'm sorry to all of my co-hosts that I made you watch this. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'll shit. send you the bill <laughs> for three forty nine. And uh, yeah, thank you for to all of our lovely listeners for tuning in to this, the first bonus episode of Trash Future season oh, and, two. Uh, incidentally, Trash Future Nights. David Ignatius has a new book out that just got optioned. Uh, about technology and the CIA called the Quantum Ooh, Spy. So, boy, I, yeah, we can tease that for you. Cracking mm. every joint in my body in anticipation. <laughs> I'm just laughing that Riley pronounces David Ignatius. Like, yeah. if this election cycle has taught us anything, it's you can never pronounce a name the way you think it would be correctly pronounced. <laughs> no, just just <laughs> just, no. D- just d- get it wrong on purpose. Uh, David David Ignatius. <laughs> yeah, David David McMansions. Yeah, David I, David uh, McMansion yeah. help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, the theme song, you know it. It's uh, it's still here we go by Ginseng. Change uh, the theme song. I, I don't know. I like this theme song. I don't well, really want to change it. Remix the theme song. 
Um, I don't think yeah. we can. We have permission from from Jinsang to use this. I don't yeah. think we can remix it. Mm. Anyway, um, check it out. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, see you on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll get back right. to yeah. politics. Oh, also, there's I've finally made like a little website that has like links to all of my tour dates on it. So in your if well, you're in, you can't don't advertise Squarespace on our show. <laughs> <laughs> does does this mean that you don't have to take two minutes at the end of every show to be like, and I'm touring on this date, this date, and this date? Yeah, there's 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 uh, there'll be a link in the description which will take you to my tour dates, which are in uh, Liverpool, London, uh, Leicester. Uh, more in Just London, only doing the L. Stockholm, and uh, Melbourne, Australia. So if you're if you're into any of those, uh, hit up that link. Yeah, um, my tour dates are in the Red Wall. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm bringing it back, baby. <laughs> One right. comedy show at a time. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks yeah, for subscribing. Thanks. Uh, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Like, Bye. share, and subscribe.